You are listening to Critical Mass, coast-to-coast radio show, a national business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows are heard exclusively here on radio station octalkradio.net, spanning the globe with our message of the power of peer learning. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show is brought to you through a partnership of Critical Mass for Business with Renaissance Executive Forums, business owners in select markets across North America. Renaissance Executive Forums is an international organization committed to helping members take their businesses to the next level. If you'd like to learn more about Executive Forums, then I suggest you visit their website, Executive forums f-o-r-u-m-s dot com this show is brought to you by our advertisers brandman university commercial bank of california decision toolbox smart business magazine succession strategies and our newest sponsor center club a member of club corp the goal for the show is to help you our listening audience of ceos running middle market firms to help improve your decision making skills our first guest today is Jason Fair. He is the CEO of Genesis Consulting, and he's brought to us today by our business partner in Virginia, Joe Carey. Jason, welcome to the program. Yes. Oh, sorry. I said, welcome to the radio show. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I know that uh, you've been on a whirlwind week, haven't you? You're just getting back in the United States, I understand. Yes, actually, I have. I just landed in Washington, D.C. from Bucharest, Romania. And I, before we go any further with your background and your business and the questions I want to ask you, can you can you share with our audience, first of all, why were you in Romania? Sure. Um, I was uh, participating in a conference related to NATO. And so there were uh, all different kinds of industry leaders as well as NATO agency leaders and um, people coming from all over the world to talk about some of the issues, some of the challenges, and to talk about technology and how the industry can, you know, be supporting and driving innovation and driving new solutions to support some of the worldwide kind of crisis and challenges that we're, that we're having today. So it was, it was quite interesting and actually quite timely with all the things that are going on right. politically yeah. you know, around the world. Yeah, that part of the world has been getting a lot of media coverage and would be getting even more media coverage if there wasn't other missing planes and things that are happening. But the focus is exactly. certainly, the, the geopolitical focus is certainly in that area. So... I guess, as our reporter in the field, Jason, we're going to press you into action, double duty here today. What is your sense from the feeling of people who are closer to the issues than we might be here in the U.S.? Well, you know, I think it was interesting to hear the different perspectives from leaders from, like, France and Italy and Germany, um, as well as the U.K., um, and that with all the different changes and the different things that are happening, there's definitely a feeling of that there needs to be more enforcement mm. and that the NATO countries need to come together and they need to make sure that policies and um, decisions and those countries, you know, stick together. But also I think there's a, a very higher focus on more of the Eastern European countries. And so Poland, Turkey, Romania, how can those countries that are, you know, located around the Black Sea, 
uh, come together and be strengthened in, in their ability to uh, be strong players in the, in the Native community. Final question, and then we'll move on to the regular scheduled program. Uh, but this is too uh, this is too interesting, frankly. To, uh, I think you're probably our first guest out of the 800 plus guests that we've had over the years of the show, who's actually just returned from this type of a, a business trip. And so I think it's instructional for right. our middle market CEOs to learn a little bit about what that's like. How did you get invited to attend this conference? Well, that's funny. Um, our company just recently merged with another company, and some of their focus and some of their strengths is currently supporting NATO operations. And so we currently have contracts in supporting operations in Afghanistan and, and other countries where it's all related to the operations within the U.S. government and U.S. Department of Defense, but also with NATO. And so um, as part of our new company, we went there to focus on some of the newer technologies and the newer solutions and the newer innovations and how we can support them. And so it was a uh, networking, but also a an opportunity for us to share some of our our experiences with some of those key leaders. And so it was very exciting. It was great, great three or four days for us to be able to do that. Well, this is a very exciting. I can think back to a previous guest that we had who had just come from the New York Stock Exchange. He had he was on a he was on the platform and he got to ring the closing bell, uh, and so or maybe it was the opening bell. I don't remember exactly, but he was able to do that. So these m- momentous moments of critical mass radio show guests are, are really fascinating, and, I, and it just speaks to how interesting and the things that middle market CEOs are able to do. Now you joined Genesis Consulting as the CEO and. You're focusing on the leadership efforts to ensure the growth and success of the company. I know you have more than 18 years of experience, and a lot of that specializing in implementing SAP technology. So that's a little bit of your background, but could you give us a sense for kind of your professional experience? Absolutely, absolutely. So my background is is primarily in accounting and finance. I I graduated with an accounting degree, and I got my CPA and got an auditing job straight out out of school did that for a couple of years and found that I really was not cut for the auditing profession. So I ended up working for a manufacturing uh, company and focused on internal audit and internal processes and learning about all the different components of what a, a large scale manufacturing company does. And it was during that time that that company started to, they were one of the first companies in the United States to implement SAP. And this was back in 1993. And so they asked people who were knowledgeable about the business, knowledgeable of business processes, to be able to be part of that team, to be part of the implementation. And so I actually started off as an SAP customer and went through financial implementation, supply chain, procurement, uh, sales, marketing, implementations of SAP solutions. And basically I, I fell in love with the solution. I, I loved the process of going through how do I figure out how to make this software work in a business environment and ended up joining KPMG Consulting. Heard of that. Um, and did that for a couple of years. KPMG then became Bearing Point, and during my tenure there at Bearing Point, I um, was promoted to a partner of a national SAP practice. And so for about you know five or six years, we were running a, a major practice, a public sector-focused practice. We, there were four of us who actually started that one. Bearing Point won the U.S. Navy project there. And we grew our practice to about 350 people, about $250 million in revenue. Wow. And um, it was, you know, there wasn't a very good ending to the story at Bearing Point, but uh, right before some of those those things happened, 
um, I was approached by um, some uh, investors, and they were in the process of starting up a, a new startup company, a new technology consulting company, and it was focused on F-15, and they asked me to be part of the leadership team and to be, be the CEO and to actually be one of the founders of Genesis Consulting, and that was in the fall of 2008. Interesting career. It's it's uh, it's always amazing. I love to hear the backgrounds of the guests on a radio show because it just reinforces my belief that there's no direct path to being an entrepreneur <laughs> and a business owner <laughs> and ultimately a CEO. We come to everybody comes to it from their own way, and I think that's part of the richness of being able to have you on our program. Let's. Many people, I'm sure, are familiar with the company SAP, the type of packages that you offer. Our audience. Our target audience are CEOs of lower middle market companies, you know, two million to a hundred million. So, speaking to that audience, can can you give them a little sense for what it is that SAP could do for them, and how your company Genesis Consulting kind of brings that solution and makes it productive in their environment? Yeah, absolutely. You know, many people, I think, they hear SAP and they think, oh my goodness, that's such a a large software package. It's you know one of the leading ERP solutions in the world. Um, it's, it's huge, it's overbearing, and it's extremely expensive, and it takes forever to implement. I think that was the case many years ago. Um, however, SAP themselves have tried to overcome that reputation. And as part, is, as part of going um, to the mid-market and being able to provide additional types of solutions, they've come up with some very unique and some very innovative ways to enable the small to medium-sized enterprise. And so everything from cloud solutions to core ERP solutions with accelerated delivery uh, to different types of industry solutions. And so what we've been able to do at Genesis Consulting is really bring some of that top-tier talent uh, from the traditional big four, big five consulting firms, bring the experience and the talent from several different key industries, and then bring that to our clients in those uh, different accelerated solutions. And so what we're really focused on is value and how can we accelerate the delivery of these types of solutions to our customers so that they can realize the benefits sooner, but basically to reduce their overall costs. And so from a Genesis consulting perspective, what we do is a couple different key things. I think a lot of organizations, both large uh, Fortune uh, 500, as well as smaller to mid-sized enterprises, ask us to come in and do strategic and advisory services. We get asked to help develop roadmaps, help to develop business cases, help to develop a plan on how to um, implement specific solutions. And so uh, we get asked quite a bit to do that as a, as a trusted advisor. And so we provide those advisory services. But we also typically do the, the traditional functional and technical implementation services for SAP solutions. Recently, over the past couple of years, we've had a uh, focus on business intelligence solutions, uh, the growing demand for analytics, for big data, um, as well as some of the new solutions that are on the marketplace have really put us into an area where we can combine that strategic and advisory services with how do we deliver uh, business analytics and those types of solutions to our customers. Well, you know, and so... I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, I'm up against the clock, and I want to I want to hold that because I want to come up and ask you after yeah. the break, if I can, Jason, to explain how a CEO running a middle market company can use business intelligence and big data. 
to help improve the quality of the decisions that she or her team are making. So can, can we do that after the break? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Jason Fair, who is Chief Executive of Genesis Consulting, is our first guest here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. And that's one of the things that we're going to cover in the second segment here on the radio show after these words from our commercial sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability... CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short... We are bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000. Or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. And while we're at it, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, Renaissance Executive Forums, where CEOs and business owners go to talk about their companies with other companies and learn how to take their companies to the next level. Right now, there's over a 1,000 CEOs who are meeting every month with other CEOs to make better decisions and improve their decisions. If you want to learn more about any of these interesting ideas of mastermind CEO peer groups, visit executiveforums.com. That's executiveforums.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Ferenzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge the listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's return to our first guest, Jason Fair, Chief Chief Executive Officer with Genesis Consulting. Before the break, 
Jason, I, was, I said I wanted to uh, have you explain or share your experience on how middle market companies and CEOs are using big data to improve the quality of the decisions their organizations are making. Sure. So I think what we're finding is that technology is has been changing, and there's, there's great innovations out there that are now providing us with the capabilities to bring information together. And so being able to have many different sources of where information is coming from and being able to combine that and being able to create relationships of information and associations to be able to do more predictive analytics, to be able to do um, more advanced trending, that that type of capability is what uh, leaders in organizations are looking for so that they can run their businesses better. And so whether it's being able to optimize their supply chains or whether it's to optimize different financial KPIs they're, they're tracking in their business or whether it's how can I trend and track uh, customer behaviors in the retail industry. All of those are indicators that are, we are now able to accelerate that information and those associations to be able to make better decisions. And the technologies available today enable that. And so it's a much easier way for us to bring those types of solutions to our customers to enable that and to, to bring value immediately to what they're seeing. You know, we've been doing the radio show here, Critical Mass, coast to coast, since 2011, and the uh, original show, Critical Mass, since 2009. And I'm always fascinated to have technology CEOs on because of the rate of change that usually underpins their business model. Uh, and, you know, topics like social media, that, that, that still is accelerating. The idea of cloud computing and what that can do for middle markets as far as, I think, dramatically changing the cost paradigm for the computing model that that they that they have to have to support their operations whether they're a technology company or not and now this concept of the ability to garner more information and make interrelationships to make better use of data and turn it into really meaningful information i think is revolutionizing the opportunities that middle market companies have to compete against their larger traditionally more well-funded competitors in the marketplace Exactly. I completely agree with that. So so let's talk a little bit more about you. I, I, I'd love to have our guests share their guiding principle. I, we, call it, we call it a guiding principle, Jason, and I, I want to thank Joe Carey from Renaissance Executive Forums in Virginia to bring you to our attention. Uh, you're, you're doing fascinating work, and it seems like you're, you're, you're an interesting part in your career here as well. But what, do you have an overarching philosophy or belief system that you're using to guide and grow Genesis Consulting? Absolutely. I mean, because I've, I, was a, I was a customer myself one day, and I think uh, my success in my career has been founded on basically my integrity and my honesty. And so I, when I'm working with clients and when my team members are working with clients, we are valued because of the honesty and the approach that we bring. And so we work with our customers to make sure that we are bringing them the best solution for them, not the best solution for us, not the best solution for a partner of ours, but the best solution for them. And at the end of the day, they know that they're getting an honest answer. They're getting, um, you know, the best information they can possibly get based on their challenges. And I think when we look at that as the foundation of the core principle that we operate on, customers value that. And then, I think the other thing that we combine with that is our creativity and our agility. 
we are extremely innovative and creative in the way that we look at um, helping our customers. And I think that uh, our customers are, you know, welcome to the refreshing perspective that we bring. And they love the fact that we challenge them. We love the fact that we bring out-of-the-box type solutions. Um, and we are, are looking at how can we be more innovative. And that, combined with our ability to deliver quickly in an agile fashion, using our agile methodologies, puts us a little bit in a differentiator. We're not there about um, a billable hour or trying to, you know, we're, we're there to add value and how can we deliver those solutions quickly and most cost-effectively for the customer. Thank you for sharing that because as, as you were explaining your philosophy, I'm thinking having run a manufacturing company of about $70 million who had to go through an upgrade of their ERP system, what you're really, what you're really doing for your clients is it's, open heart surgery. I mean, it is strategic software deployment that touches so many parts of the organization and that requires such focus to make it a successful project. From my experience, you really, you need a partner that you can absolutely trust because even the best thought through project will have its dark moments, right, Jason? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you got to know that challenging. Yeah, and you got to know that the that your partner that you've selected it really has your best interest first because there may be times when the CEO is looking at this going okay, really, you know, because because you're doing such a major um you're touching such the business in such a major way that it it's not a you know, a website is a huge undertaking, but from my experience, a website is almost um a superficial change compared to upgrading your ERP or changing your ERP or MRP systems and they really are a strategic initiative that can fundamentally put the company on a different platform when done correctly. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us about the future. I've got a few minutes left here with you and I'm speaking with Jason Fair who is the CEO of Genesis Consulting. So what's the future hold for Genesis Consulting? Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we recently did uh, merge with another organization. So we're now um, almost over 250 people in our organization. And we now have been able to expand our services, not only just to be about ERP and strategy and advisory, but we also now have uh, technical architecture, infrastructure, network management, communications capabilities, which now gives us opportunities that we didn't have before. So we're very excited about um, our new team and uh, you know the new company as, as we are getting um, that launched. But I think what we have been challenged with is some of the things we mentioned earlier is innovation is changing quickly and there are some um, trends in the marketplace that we have made some very strategic decisions to make sure we have the capability and that we have the experience to be able to bring that to our customers because that's what our customers are asking for and that's what they need. And so, you know, when we talked about big data, uh, we just recently stood up a um, SAP HANA, which is the, um, you know, the, the data solution uh, for SAP, we stood up a HANA lab, and we are now creating a use case repository where we can have customers demonstrate real-life data, real-life information, create use cases in this lab, and be able to bring those solutions to our customers so that we can demonstrate the ROI, we can demonstrate the value, we can actually extrapolate some of the savings that they can find as they start to look at you know, more advanced supply chain solutions and things like that. Uh, we have a mobility lab. A lot of customers are interested in mobility um, and how can they start to bring um, their back office or their, their core solutions to mobile solutions. And so we spend a lot of time doing uh, mobility strategies with them. And so when you look at those types of 
capabilities that are now in, available, we want to be able to bring that to our, our customers. And the last thing I think that we're spending time on is, is how can we bring a lot of the intellectual capital, a lot of the knowledge and experience that we've had at other clients and bring those to our future clients. And so we've identified several industries that we are focusing on. And as we continue to grow in public sector, retail, utilities, and oil and gas, we're able to bring some of these uh, accelerated solutions, these HANA use cases, and, and how can we look at the big data scenarios, mobility, et cetera. And so that's really what we're starting to develop our go-to-market strategies around for our future growth. You can just tell listening to you talk about current and future state what I said earlier about having CEOs of technology companies and the rate of change that uh, your industry is required to maintain to stay current because so much innovation is happening and you know your customers would like to take advantage of it right and you would like to give them the cost benefit and the benefit of these new this new technology but it requires training learning you know redoing your business model a bit and and so I think it's very informative for the other CEOs in different middle markets who have their own set of challenges. But the one challenge that technology CEOs seem to have in spades is the rate of change of the underpinning of the foundational part of their business. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I had other questions, but I got a little sidetracked in the beginning because I thought it was so interesting, your trip abroad, and I wanted to spend a few minutes with that. I hope you don't mind. No, that was great. And I want to thank Joe Carey again, who brought you and your firm to our attention here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. He's our business partner in the Virginia area in Richmond. And so, Jason Fair, thank you for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass Renaissance Executive Forums community. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a, have a safe drive home. All right. Thank All right. you very much. All right. We're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show, our Coast to Coast edition. And when we come back, our second guests will be ready to share their experiences. We'll be back after these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results, a cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge, with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. 
To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. We delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. To learn more, contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. All right, let's turn our attention to our second guest, Dominic Alonji. Dominic, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yes, sir. All right, you are president of Pet Shield Pest Control, serving San Antonio and Austin, Texas. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about your background, Dominic. How did you get into the pest control industry? How long have you been in it? What's a little bit about your background? Well, I you know, was invited by my own father about 20 years ago to help him start a company in San Antonio. And I did that for a few years. Uh, his company got bought out and worked for another company for a couple of years, and that didn't work out too well, and I decided to start pest shield pest control which is my company uh, one of our companies here in san antonio about 15 years ago and um you know um, since i started as a one-man operation and we are now the um uh, the second largest independent company in san antonio um in austin and we also uh, have a branch in corpus christi with about 50 employees wow so and uh I don't know. That's a little bit about me. Yeah, that's perfect. What what is the what has been the secret that allowed has allowed you to go from a one man operation to having multiple employees in various cities there in the great state of Texas? Well, I you know I had a desire to become a large you know successful outfit, and uh, you know I had some good training, of course, and you know my father is my mentor. His name is Don Alonji, and, you know, he was in the business for many years before me. And, uh, you know, I didn't get in the business so that I could just, you know, get by and hope for, you know, just to pay my bills and, you know, and, and hope for the best and, and just get, you know, and just make it. You know, I want to actually become a big brand. You know, I'm trying to brand my company as a very large outfit, which we've become, you know, not only in San Antonio, but Austin and Corpus Christi. But, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, I'm trying, now trying to grow a company that's, you know, a big brand name, a household name, like a, you know, other large, you know, household names in the, in the pest control industry. Your industry is, uh, has, because I've had other 
business owners in various parts of the country who are in who are in your space. And what I didn't realize, and maybe you can help me to understand if this meets with your experience, but um, your industry has been under a lot of changes relative to regulations and the chemical mixtures that you can use and what you can apply. And, and there's a lot of both restrictions, regulations, but also kind of science that goes behind the work that you do for your clients. Uh, is that a fair assessment of your industry based on what I just said? Well, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, the pest control industry is not as, you know, as easy and as simple as, you know, people might, you know, I mean, it can be, you know. I mean, it doesn't take much to start a pest control company if you want to be a one-man operator for the rest of your time. But but if you want to be a guardian of the environment, you know, and actually have thought and, you know, and care about, you know, what's happening to the environment as a result of the use of these pesticides that, you know, are out there. And um, and you think on a larger scale like that, you know, um, and with the regards to the fact that, you know, of course we are regulated by the Texas Department of Agriculture and, you know, and it is a regulated industry. Um, there are actually people out there that do not have licenses, you know, and that don't practice the, you know, the use of the label and, and the following of the label. It's a very restrictive uh, business when you do it properly. You know, we we are binded by following the label, you know, by the you know the products that we use, um, and we cannot stray from that, not even one little bit. I mean, the label is the law is our is not just our motto, but it's any other company's motto that you know wants to you know do things the right way. So you know, and then yes, we could have an impact negatively on the environment or on people or uh, non-target animals, you know, if we don't follow the label and, and do things the right way. So. so when we talk about pest control in the cities that you your firm services, what type, mm-hmm. what type of pest control are you focused on? Well, we are focused on any kind of pest that our customers encounter. So because of that, we have become a very diverse company over the years. And, um, you know, it started out as a, you know, we want to just make sure that our customers don't have roaches and ants and general pests and spiders and such. To uh, We've evolved into one of the largest rodent control companies, you know, large animal, live animal removal, uh, uh, lawn care, uh, mosquito control, whole city mosquito fogging, you know, and, and, you know, we also began as just a, you know, mostly, you know, period, a, a residential company, whereas now, you know, we service very, you know, large corporate entities, you know, in, you know, in and around the state, hospital systems, uh, sports arenas, just to name a couple, you know, so I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you're doing a great job, and I, I appreciate you being willing to share your vision with us. And I'm speaking with Dominic Alonji. He is president of Pest Shield Pest Control, and we're going to take our second, no, our third. Sorry, I got a little confused there, but my engineer is telling me it's time to take our next commercial break, Dominic. So when we come back, I'm going to continue to help or ask you to help us understand a little bit more about what it takes to be a success managing multiple locations, because... Many of the CEOs and business owners that are listening, 
know that to grow you need to open up a second and third location, whether it's a restaurant or whatever type of business it is. And you know from direct experience that it's it's different when you're in a different city. And I'd like you to give us a little sure. bit of your experience. Okay, Dominic? Sure, I will. All right. Yeah, so no problem. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in three minutes with Dominic Alonji after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Francie. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Our second guest on today's program is Dominic Alonji. He is president of Pest Shield Pest Control. Uh, he has offices and locations in multiple cities in the great state of Texas and that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Dominic. Can you help our audience learn from your experience of scaling the business from San Antonio into Austin, and, and as you continue to expand, what's different when you have businesses that are in different physical locations, not not only s- different cities in the same state? Well, <clears throat> I will uh, now, of course, our locations are in Texas, excuse me. And uh, so we have not ventured off into a different state. You know, there's different regulatory things that you have to follow, you know, in different states. However, you know, everything's the same in Texas in regards to licensing and labeling and so on and so forth. But I can tell you, you know, the one thing that I did when I 
I kind of put the cart before the horse, and I don't mind saying, you know, and I would, you know, and when I went to Corpus Christi, because we service Austin, we only have two actual physical locations. One's in San Antonio, our main, our main corporate office, and we service Austin from San Antonio. And then we have a physical location in Corpus, actually in Rockport, in which we service Corpus Christi and on the entire coastal area. Now, what I did was I went and sold a large account down in Corpus Christi, and, um, and because of that, I went on the lookout for a company for sale. So the only, all the business that we have grown has been natural and uh, just by, you know, hard work. Now, we bought a small company down in the Rockport area in June of last year. So like I said, we went down, got an account, we're killing ourselves trying to service it from here, and uh, wound up, you know, finding and, and finding a location that was saleable, you know, that was that was that was that we were interested in buying. We did it, and uh, again, you know, you, you hear this, and and I would warn anybody that uh, that looking to do this kind of thing, you know, we did our due diligence, okay. But uh, you just can never almost do enough due diligence, you know, on any kind of a company like that, you know, when you're buying somebody else's headache. So um, now, fortunately, things are working out for the most part the way that we had hoped, regardless of the due diligence that we did and the type of company and the, the, the other companies' outtake on things, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, so, so far it's working out. And and, uh, and it will work out, but uh, you know it's it's been a challenge. Um, in fact, I just got back from there this afternoon. Just drove in just a few minutes ago, and um, you know I I didn't intend upon having to drive back and forth. You know during you know this this um, beginning, of course, right, but right. but it's it's turning out to be a little more cumbersome from, um, on the behalf of myself. You know, I mean, I've got to put a little bit more into it than I had originally anticipated, which is, of course, detracting from my main operation in San Antonio and Austin. So, but in the in the grand scheme of things, I believe it's going to turn out to be a, a really good venture for our company. Thank you for that, and thank you for being totally candid and honest. That's really powerful that you are sharing with us the truth about your business and, and not attempting to present something that isn't factual. So I really... I commend you for that. That's a great quality. And I'd like to thank Peter Broiler of Renaissance Executive Forums in San Antonio for suggesting you and your firm to be here on the radio program. You know, I'd like to circle back a little bit because you said something earlier that I didn't really get a chance to have a follow-up question for, but the engineer and I were talking about it during the last commercial break. You mentioned the term, and I want to say you said stewards of the environment, which we both found to be very powerful. Can you share a little bit about, because, you know, I think many times regulations are well-intended. They're there for the right reasons, but sometimes we can, as entrepreneurs, find them to be somewhat limiting or maybe um, disadvantage the business. But from your firm's perspective, uh, how do you view, you know, the regulations and the responsibility that you and your, your people have for not only doing a good job, but also, you know, leaving a positive footprint on the work that you've done for the environment? Sure. Well, I don't mind answering that. I, uh, you know, it's the way that I was taught. Number one, number two, it's it's the right thing to do because you know, I mean, these men, these chemicals that are released to the marketplace for pest pest control operators to utilize are 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 released. You know, after years and years and years of uh, scoop, you know, being you know. Uh, just put under a microscope by the Environmental Protection Agency. But a lot of people don't understand it takes 10 or 15 or even 20 years for a chemical once it's introduced to the Environmental Protection Agency to be released 
for use as a pesticide. So after all that's been done for someone like me or to to go out and misapplicate the you know pesticide, you know after it's been scrupulated by you know a comp- you know an agency that you know wants to protect us as individuals or as consumers to do anything other than what the label says would be just it, uh, unconscionable, you know, you know, by by my employees or me. So, you know, it is not tolerated. The label is the law. Um, the old theory, you know, another dab, and if, if it works like this, then another dab might really be even better. <laughs> but never, never, ever, ever, ever do that under any circumstances. It, that's not the case. In fact, it could have a negative reaction to the insect that we're trying to, you know, get under control, as well as potentially harm an animal, a non-target animal. And when I mean that, and when I say that, we don't ever have to worry about harming somebody's pet. I mean, we don't have to worry about harming a child or a, or another person uh, because we only follow what the EPA says that we can do with that pesticide. And so long as we always do that, there's, it's impossible for us to harm someone else other than a small, tiny insect. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. So it's, it's extremely important, and that's the message that we, you know, convey to our employees and to our people and to our, you know, our, our customers. Uh, it's important, you know. We have people that literally will ask us, "Can't you make it stronger?" Can't you know? No, we can't. We, you know, but however, we can look at things from a different perspective, and we can do things that will help get this under control. But no, we cannot make anything stronger. We use everything to the label, and exactly, you know, the strength of the strongest label, the strongest label rate that uh, possible. So, you know, we don't deviate from that, not one bit. So I'm sure you have the you, you talked about the range of the type of pests control that you and your firm kind of are, are qualified to uh, remediate and to exterminate, if you will. Uh, I'm wondering mm-hmm. in the in in Texas, how big of a problem are are scorpions a problem, and if so, how big of a problem yeah. are scorpions? In fact, um, they're especially in the in the San Antonio and Austin area. They're in anything in and around the, uh, you know, the 1604, the, you know, the outer areas of those, you know, municipalities. They're a major problem. It's something we've battled for many, many years. And uh, they're, you know, of course, what people just don't want to accept is that, you know, of course, scorpions were here for a long time, a lot longer than we were. You know, and you're building houses here, scraping land where they've lived for thousands of years. And uh, anyways, I mean... When the house is built, and as long as it's uh, built properly, which most of them are, and uh, you know, and you have and you hire an, uh, a professional outfit such as you know our company, Pest Shield, of course, they can be controlled. You know, but they are an issue. They are definitely a big issue here, in, uh, residentially particularly. Sounds like they're more of an issue in San Antonio, Austin, maybe than in the Corpus Christi yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we got some in Corpus. It's just that we don't have as many customers in Corpus yet. So, okay. Um, I believe that you know they're yeah they they are a it, not so much in the Corpus uh, you know proper um, because it's a very built up older area of the state. But when you get outside of uh, Corpus into the, you know, into the Rockport area or, the, you know, the coastal, you know, the areas that are being redeveloped and newly developed, any develop, newly developed areas in Texas pretty much are running into scorpions. So, and that, that's, that's, that's what the, the issue with scorpions are. It's pretty much you're just taking over their land and 
they're not they're not going away without a fight. Exactly. So. They're 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 a hardy breed. So I could see that. Yeah. I'm speaking with Dominic Alonji, he's the president of Pet Shield Pest Control. If someone listening to our show today would like to learn more about your firm, how do they find you yeah. online? What's your website, Dominic? It's Pet Shield PestShieldPC.com. So that's Pest Shield and then PC like PestControl.com. Well, I've enjoyed learning from you and hearing about how you're growing your business. I appreciate Peter Broiler suggesting that we have you on the show to talk about growth and sure. some of the things that we've covered. And I want to welcome you to our community and thank you for being a friend of Renaissance Executive Forums and Critical Mass Radio Show. For sure. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. It was our pleasure. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the show. You know, our goal is to help you improve your decision-making skills by interviewing CEOs running middle market firms throughout North America. I'd like to thank our business partners, Renaissance Executive Forums, in particular Joe Carey and Peter Broiler. Joe Carey's in Virginia and Peter Broiler's in San Antonio, Texas area, who brought us the two guests that we interviewed on the radio show today. Renaissance Executive Forums is an international organization, and they're committed to helping members take their businesses to the next level. If you'd like to learn more about Renaissance Executive Forums, then visit their website, executiveforums.com. This show was brought to you by our advertising sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club, a member of Club Corp. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Crystal Nunley is our producer. Guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media manager is Asia Celestino. Our live events coordinator is Melissa Pedanti. And tomorrow is our first Final Fridays live from Brandman University, where we're doing a 90-minute radio show with an audience from Brandman University in Irvine, California. If you're in Southern California, there's still time to register from our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Our VP of Sales is Rose Chamora, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Until the next show, I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast Radio Show, business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.